0: don't know too much about it so i'm interested to find out but i knew y'all are building and coming just haven't you know really Sorry i say
1: that again i you know what happens is i've got the skype enabled on my cell phone and if another call comes through it puts the skype on hold which i've actually never realized that before so (laughs) sorry about that sorry go ahead
2: Anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Bringing to you the best stories
0: from icons in the bourbon industry, it's Bourbon Pursuit. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan and Kenny.
2: Welcome back to another episode of the Bourbon Pursuit Podcast. My name is Kenny. And today, uh, we're sharing, we're sitting here with Ryan and, uh, first off, we have to congratulate Ryan because on Saturday, uh, the the time has finally come. He went from having little, little to no time to absolutely no time at all. So, uh, Ryan, welcome and uh, welcome your two new kids into this world as well.
0: Yeah, thank you. I'm actually in the uh, labor and delivery, well, the mother baby room recording this podcast. So I got my MacBook out and the microphone and I was like, anybody come in, just don't talk. Don't, don't make any noise. So no, we're super excited. Uh, Rowan and Harlow, are. we have a boy and a girl, uh, came to us uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning. So we're super excited and learning that Tiredness is we didn't know what tired meant till now, and that our lives don't matter anymore. It's all about them. Yeah, so.
2: you're, you're gonna you're gonna come to find out that uh, you don't even know what tired is at this point. Right now, you're you know you're in the hospital. You got the nurses kind of coming back and forth and take care of some stuff. But uh, after you're released, man, that's that's when they don't give you the manual and you're you're shoved in that whole new world.
0: Yeah, that's what I hear when the real work starts. <laughs> uh, I I'm, I'll I'll take the nurses. Uh, hand, you know, as long as we can. Yeah,
2: you're, believe me, you're, you're going to need that. So I guess another question that a lot of people are going to ask is, so I mean, you named your son Rowan. I mean, is there anything about a, a creek that that you kind of got that from? Uh, maybe a, yeah. a
0: distillery from Willet that kind of influenced <laughs> that? Yes, yeah, there's Rowan's Creek. Some some pronounce it Rowan, or, um, but it's a creek that feeds, uh, I guess, Heaven Hill. It runs through Heaven Hill and Willett's Distillery, and You know, Willet's has a bourbon line named after Rowan, so it's one of my favorite bourbons, and we were thinking of names that were different, and my wife really liked it, and I liked, you know, the bourbon and everything, so it just (laughs) kind of worked out, so my son is named after booze, so. Well,
2: you know, I've got a daughter named Stella, and so it's, uh, you know, it's my wife's favorite beer, so I guess that kind of just, we have this kind of connection where we just name our kids after lines of booze. We might have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's, I guess that's what happens when you give give uh, immature people children, right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So today we actually have uh, a guest that maybe a lot of people don't know about yet. It's uh, it's a company that's, that's just starting up. It's the Bardstown Bourbon Company. And today um, I'm, I'm very happy to say here that we have uh, David. And so David, come on and uh, introduce yourself. And uh, when you're introducing yourself, kind of talk about – Uh, your history with bourbon as well, uh, and your role there. Sure, absolutely. Well,
1: thank you guys, and it's really a pleasure to be here. And I'll tell you, Ryan, I mean, I know you have your hands full, so it's a real testament to you and to what you're doing with this podcast that you're able to do this a couple days after having twins, I'll tell you. Real commitment here. I've got three kids myself, and we had two of them know uh, they're eight six and four but we had two of them years ago back when we were starting another spirits company in new york and uh i can i can tell you i know how hard it is having kids and and trying to balance work life
0: so i'm slowly figuring that out (laughs) well you're gonna need a good amount of bourbon you'll enjoy it (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly got one here in the room hiding (laughs) hiding from the nurses well good well i'll tell you uh in terms of my background um I've been very
1: fortunate to be in the spirits industry um, now off and on for over a decade, and um, my background is kind of an interesting one. I started off as an attorney and then went into government, and I was the chief of staff for the Federal Aviation Administration and then ended up um, uh, starting my own vodka company, which was called Pink Vodka, and we were the first – To put caffeine in alcohol, which was a very innovative concept back in uh, the early 2000s, and we sold that company in 2009. And we were, you know, we were involved in the spirits industry in a number of different ways. But this project came together, and the project is the Bardstown Bourbon Company. Over the last three years, and it has been really a remarkable one. As you asked, you know, I'm I'm the president CEO of the company, and the, the Bardstown Bourbon Company, we are a destination experience. So we're the first – really the first Napa Valley-style distillery in campus um, on the bourbon trail. We have 100 acres of you know, active farmland right at the gateway to Bardstown, the bourbon capital of the world. We have Steve Nally as our master distiller, Bourbon Hall of Fame master distiller with Maker's Mark for, oh gosh, over 30 years and then went on to build Wyoming Whiskey and we got him as he was coming back, and a wonderful man and a wonderful asset. And we just announced a partnership with Mahalo Spirits, which was the sales and marketing team behind uh, Angel's Envy, and we're developing a brand with them. So we really have some really exciting things that are going to be happening in Bardstown and at the Bardstown Bourbon Company.
2: So I guess tell us about the the kind of, I mean, it's the bourbon company, but tell us a little bit about the the spirits that are going to happen there as well.
1: (laughs) Sure, and the, the focus is... All on whiskey. So whiskey, rye, bourbon. And, you know, our goal is to really make some of the highest quality products at this distillery. And it's a large distillery. So we're really – we're focused on, you know, kind of three lines of business. They're obviously our own brands and what we produce. We're also going to be doing custom production for, you know, many of the small distilleries and others around the country. Because as you know, you know, there's a, a large market for wholesale bourbon and there's very little wholesale bourbon that comes out of uh, comes out of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at producing really high quality Kentucky bourbon, you know, for many craft and smaller distilleries that may want to use it to start as a base or are interested in partnering with us in terms of producing the product. So, you know, for many craft distillers, bourbon and whiskey and rye is not easy to make, but they might want to make it, they might have, you know, their own you know, their own recipes, their own mash bills. And essentially work with our master distiller to produce custom, you know, custom runs. And, you know, it's a be a very collaborative experience. And then, of course, there is our hospitality, uh, our event space, you know, and our tours. And we're really looking at some very innovative things there in terms of how to create, you know, a tour and experience on this property that is different from anywhere
2: else. So, I guess one thing that we forgot to do at the very beginning, and this is uh, something we always need to ask our guests. Is so, t- give us your, your bourbon story, right? I mean, do you remember like your, your first taste of bourbon, your first bottle or something like that? And what, what kind of maybe led you into the, the spirits business to begin with?
1: Well, I'll tell you the first, you know, my first experience, which goes back really to my grandfather. And, you know, I can't say that this was the impetus to getting into the bourbon market, but, uh, I do remember my grandfather, and this is, you know, I think my mom's mother's side of the family grew up, grew up in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, which is very rural out, you know, in uh, Amish country. And my earliest memories of my grandfather, who was a stonemason, uh, was, you know, drinking, uh, shot of gym beam, you know, with a little bit of water every night. Um, before he went to bed, and of course he lived to be in his, into his late nineties, and that was always what he said was you know responsible for it. So <laughs> <laughs> I think I think there are a lot of families that have similar stories that remember their grandparents, their grandfather. My, my grandmother also similarly did similar things. So.
2: It's funny. I mean it kinda of reminds me of anybody remember that movie called Grumpy Old Men. It was in the nineties. Yep. Yeah. He said, yep. you know, he, he ate he ate a pack of bacon and smoked a pack of cigarettes today and he lived into his nineties. Yeah, and he said that's what it was there for. <laughs> I know. It's it's the truth, isn't it? But
1: that you know, I'll tell you that was my earliest memory of uh, of um you know of bourbon and, and of whiskey and it's you know it's something over the years that obviously, you know, when my prior spirits business was in the was in the vodka business and at that time, you know, the vodka was all the rage in the early 2000s and you know the late 90s, and we had a very interesting concept. And you know, as we came out of that business, I got very interested in rum and in darker spirits. My sister is is uh, works for Remy Martin and uh, is of you know, the senior brand manager for uh, Louis the Thirteenth. So I really came to appreciate and really get into a lot of the darker spirits. And of course, you know, got into creative cocktailing and. That inevitably leads into whiskey and bourbon, and you know have been able to spend a number of years over the last years really getting to enjoy it, appreciate it, and um, you know, and it's a it's just a, it's a wonderful product with a great history.
2: Yeah, that's what we were talking about before we come on here, and the, the history is so rich. And uh, and then Ryan was talking about how he knows the Bisigs uh, from Bardstown. So I guess talk a little bit about your, your operation that you're currently building and uh, you know what it's going to entail, uh, how big is it going to be, and everything like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a 37,000-square-foot distillery. It's big. Um, and it really is a beautiful project. So it is a very modern design. So the distillery itself – is has a mid-century modern design so it doesn't look like the kind of the distillery that you might expect and really the whole purpose you know and the whole image behind the Bardstown Bourbon Company is it's a transparent experience you know we are all about making great product showing you how it's made no secrets no kind of made-up stories this is about celebrating the, you know the the production of bourbon you know and whiskey and the community that brought it to the world and that's bardstown you know so everything that we're doing at the bardstown bourbon company is focused on the community you know we have you know abusive construction our t- construction team our design team is all local you know we're as we said we're growing the products on our land and and we're sourcing everything for the bourbon from the surrounding community and from the farmers you know our our you know much of our Equipment is coming from Bardstown for mac manufacturing, uh, also obviously Vendome for the still, but we're bringing in as many components as we can locally. Quality glass is producing much of the glass within the distillery. So we're trying to keep everything focused on the community and um, and it's a farm to table experience. so it's it's a very it's very different from anything else that's out there because we're having you know we have the ability to design, the experience and the facility really from the ground up.
2: So what do you, what edge do you think that gives you in, in comparison in terms of, uh, say, some of the other, the beams and the four roses of the world who uh, kind of did a lot of the same things you were doing and they were are in Heaven Hills too, you know, kind of selling off uh, overstock to kind of make all whatever kind of craft distilleries or uh, wherever they're sourced from. Uh, so what's going to give you that, that sort of edge in comparison to, to what they're doing? I think part of the difference is where, you know, when you're talking about, you know,
1: collaborative production is it's not just the sale of wholesale, you know, product. You know, we're looking at working with side by side with, you know, people and craft distilleries that want to produce in making the product. So it's custom production. And, you know, that we have the capacity and the ability to do that. And that's really different. That's kind of sitting down and working. Um, on a product or on something innovative and producing smaller runs of it uh, and providing, you know, many, many different kind of flexible options to create that. That's on the wholesale side. You know, on the visitor's experience side, you know, the beauty of what we have is the we have the opportunity to look at things from a fresh perspective and, you know, to create the tour from and the experience literally from the ground up as we're, we're designing the facility to accommodate a certain experience And, you know, that's unique, you know, because, you know, and it's, this is no uh, criticism of anybody. um, But, you know, a lot of the facilities out there, these are, you know, they're big, you know, companies that work their way backwards into the visitors experience and the tours uh, and had to adjust around them. You know, we have the
2: opportunity to kind of to build this in from the beginning. Absolutely. And I think I think the custom production, it's got me thinking because I think it's a, a fantastic business model, because if you have to think of. Anybody that wants to try and take advantage of the market of what's happening right now and have them come out and create their own whiskey or source their own barrels – Um, it's, there's a lot of hoops to jump through. And so instead of you all saying, well, we're just going to build our own product and our own brands and say, you know, screw everyone else. You're, you're kind of inviting everybody in and saying, come on, let's all do this together. You can, we kind of craft, we can make all these different things. Uh, and at the same time, it also kind of gives you the capital to partner with these people and kind of get those funds going, uh, to get these projects rolling. So from a a business standpoint, it makes a whole lot of sense.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And, you know, I think the other thing is that, you know, we're incorporating, you know, the products and the people that we work for and we make their products, you know, that'll be incorporated into the tour and the experience, you know, at you know, at the facility. So it really is it's you know, it's it's a different model than really anything else that's out there in the sense that, you know, our size
2: and our capacity gives us the ability to do this. Yeah. So, what are you going to do with all that size and all, all that stuff? I mean, I, I mean, thirty thousand square feet right? or 30, 37,000 square feet, right? I mean, like that's ha- correct. Yeah. I mean, like, w- what are you going to do with all this space? Like, what could you possibly? I mean, you could you could basically like have your own farmland at this point.
1: <laughs> well, you know, the capacity of the facilities it's a one point five million gallon proof. You know, still. Uh, which obviously we can get about, you know, up to 3 million proof gallons out of it if we're running it in two shifts, you know, with the number of fermenters that we have there. And, the you know, the facility is built to expand. So there is a lot of growth potential there. And in terms of the rest of the facility, we have a visitor center uh, in the facility with two classrooms, a uh, tasting bar, uh, retail space, and um, an area that we have designed to do events in too. So, You know, we're going to be looking to do a lot of events uh, for the Bardstown and local areas, everything from corporate events to wedding events. And our future plans, you know, phase two of this project calls for uh, separate event space, hotel, and restaurant. So um, we're really looking at bringing the whole
0: Napa Valley-style experience to the Bourbon Trail. This is what you see all through California. Yeah, we need a lot more restaurants in Barstown. That's where they're lacking. The Harrison Smith House is great and a few others, but we're really lacking – like. When when people say they're touring Barstown, I'm like, oh, it's great, small town, but you only got a handful of things to do, and that's about it. <laughs> well,
1: I'll tell you a little secret, which you guys will – would be one of the first to put this out on your podcast, but we have a great relationship with the Harrison Smith House, and they're going to be doing all of our food uh, in the distillery for our guests and for the tours. So we're going to have a branded Harrison Smith House restaurant within the facility.
0: That's, that's awesome. Good. Yeah, I think that's what's missing from Barstown is the uh, – from from versus like Sonoma or Napa is, you know the the in S- Napa and Sonoma you got probably hundreds hundreds of four or five star restaurants you know right there that you know that you can enjoy the wine and then go have an awesome dinner whereas you know in Bardstown you're very selected so I think it'd be cool to keep bringing in some new uh, you know pr- creating that atmosphere as well there
1: you know and I think that Bardstown is just really kind of at the beginning of where it's headed. I think Harrison Smith House is a wonderful example. I mean, Harrison Smith House is a restaurant that I would put against anything in Chicago, in New York, in Philly, you know, in Louisville. I mean, the food is exceptional. And, you know, there are many other great places in Bardstown as well. And I think that, you know, the, the, the city is just beginning to see kind of the beginning of the rise. And we really hope to be a part of, of that.
2: That's cool.
0: Excited for it.
2: Yeah, you're definitely. It's definitely. Uh, you can tell you've got a, a lot of room for expansion with all these ideas and all these thoughts you're bringing to the table. Like I can you, now, you got wedding receptions and uh, bar mitzvahs and uh, <laughs> what, what else? What else can you fit there? Right? I mean, well, it sounds like you got a lot of stuff going. Bed and breakfast. Like we can keep going. A,
1: un, I mean, we're building. You know, again, we're creating this so it will be this unique experience where you could, you know, have so many different types of events. And I'll tell you, I mean. One of the great things has been working with the local leadership in Bardstown. You know, everyone from the former mayor, you know Mayor Shekels, to the current mayor John Royalty, to um, Kim, you know Kim Houston, the head of economic development, and Judge Nelson, who's the judge, county judge executive. The leadership in Bardstown has been excellent. They're business friendly. You know, they've helped. They help make it possible for us to make this move into the community. So um, it's. Uh, You know, the the folks there, they get it, and um, it's exciting to be part of it.
2: Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point-of-sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's Point of Sale Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning twenty-four-seven help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a one-dollar-per-month trial period at shopifycom bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopifycom bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. shopifycom bourbon. So, what are the, the current plans right now? Right, I mean, I, I, I'm assuming uh, ground's been broken, things are kind mm-hmm. of starting to move. So, I mean, what's what's your kind of timeline for uh, getting those stills running?
1: Sure, things are moving quickly. We broke ground in October. We lost a little bit of time over the winter because, I'm sure, you all, you guys were there more than yeah. me. It was a rough one, and. Um, we finally got the foundation in. The walls are going up this month. Uh, the equipment's being set. So we're on track to open the facility and be you know, in production by summer next year, and that's our goal.
2: Good deal. So if that's, I guess that's the short-term plan. So if you're in production, right, to – and you're working with these people so to be called a bourbon has to be aged at least two years, so you've got another two year gap in there. So what's what your what are your kind of plans there for uh, so revenue or spirits? How do we, or or how do we fill like the gap? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So how do we get there,
0: start
1: making money? <laughs> there are a couple of couple of different ways. Obviously, the facility on the custom production side is able to begin generating, um, you know, product immediately. And I, I can tell you, we have already had such an outpouring of different customer, potential customers, I'd say from all over the country, you know, and the world. I mean, we just met with, we had a number of brokers that were that came in from Belgium the other day to meet with us uh, because they're, you know, really looking to get Kentucky bourbon for the international market. So, you know, we're seeing a tremendous amount of interest in that piece. We also, you know, own a large inventory of bourbon and we are, uh, we're building a brand right now, which you may have seen. That was the announcement with Mahalo Spirits with the team behind Angels Envy to develop a, a new brand that ultimately the distillery will have, you know, will produce, you know, for going forward. And it's really, uh, it's really a neat, very, very neat concept. Uh, I can't get into it, but it's going to be, um, it's going to be a beautiful brand.
2: Well, good. So I guess those are the short-term plans. What are your, what are your long-term plans with the facility?
1: Long-term plans are to build the facility, you know, into, you know, a great spirits company and to be able to, when I say that a bourbon, whiskey and rye, you know, production facility, but to be able to produce innovative products and move them to market both on, you know, our own, you know, our own brands and being able to do really some very interesting and new things there, you know, and then of course on the custom side. And then the events and hospitality experience, as I said, you know, the goal is to bring, is to create that Napa Valley style campus there, and have that as really the centerpiece on the Bourbon Trail. You know, when you want the high end experience and you want great service, you know, and, and all of it, you're going to come to the Bardstown Bourbon Company.
2: That's fantastic. It sounds like you uh, you guys kind of got your your PowerPoint presentations down <laughs> for investors, <laughs> and you said this is what we're going to do, right?
1: Well, we've got it. I'll tell you, we have a great vision for this. We have a wonderful investment team behind us that has patient and understands that this is a very long term. You know, this is a long term project. This is not, you know, a two, three, five, you know, 10 year project and out. So this is we're you know, we're building this for the long term, especially when you look at it takes, you know, six years on the good side to start having some great
0: product come out of those barrels. Right, right. Yeah, it's always it seems like it makes, yeah, it'd be so difficult to start up. But it seems like you all kind of figured out to get cash flowing by, help you know, outsour- outsourcing some of the production of these micro distilleries. That's pretty brilliant, I think, to kind of get some cash going up front. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. I guess with that as well, with these these distilleries
2: that are kind of coming to you all, you know, you all chose Kentucky. You know, you, you could have chosen anywhere to because really you can make bourbon anywhere. I mean, what was the what was the kind of um, solidifying factor saying you know we can we can do this in Kentucky and we can attract more business by uh, by having our facilities there as well.
1: Yeah, there were look there were several pieces to you know the decision we made here. One was the community of Bardstown. You know, two was the leadership in Bardstown. You know, and the, you know, the, you know, how accommodating they were and how, you know, they wanted us to become part of the community. And three, from a straight business decision, look, at the end of the day, whether it is in the United States or internationally, people want Kentucky bourbon. That's what they want. Now, they they may accept different products from different distilleries around the country. And, you know, there's always going to be great innovation coming out. But at the end of the day, you know, it's while the regulations aren't the same, it's still like champagne. And people want... Champagne, right? They don't want sparkling wine. Now you can make bourbon anywhere, but people in their minds think about the history of bourbon and
2: Kentucky, and that's what it comes back to.
0: At least that's my opinion. I I would
2: not disagree with that one bit.
0: Well, and, and you can also play off all, you know, the big boys that are there now, Heaven Hill, Jim Beam and Willits and makers that, you know, why not go pop in and see Barstown Burling Company, see what they're up to, too, you know. So it's pretty it, smart to have it there as well.
1: I, You know, I think that's right. And, you know, we've, we're spending a lot of time getting to know everybody. And, you know, we plan to be great, you know, corporate citizens and want to get involved in the community and the other distillers and, you know, help, you know, help, uh, you know, make – Bardstown as much the center of urban uh, as it as it should
2: be. So you guys are proving that that you can come and you can make a, a new entrance to the market here. So I guess if if there's anybody out there that listens and they're thinking to themselves like, oh, like maybe I could do this, right? I can I can try to go make a quick buck when this. Um, you know, whatever this fat is that's kind of going on. What are some of the biggest hurdles that you've kind of seen so far in your, your years of experience in the spirits industry that that kind of seem as as, as big-time blockers for anybody that kind of wants to uh, try to make a name for themselves or try to get into this industry?
1: Well, First of all, you know, I would be the last person to tell somebody not to do something because I think, you know, if you're entrepreneurial and, you know, you give it a, a good shot, you know, you've got a good chance of, I mean, you can always work hard and you've got a shot at making it. Now look, like starting any business, you know most businesses, it, it's hard. It's hard to start a new business. You know that being said, the spirits business is a particularly challenging one. and there are a number of reasons for that. On the brand side, I mean, look, think of it this way. You know, when you go into a bar and you you walk into the bar and you look at what's on the back bar, it's changing now. There are a lot of craft spirits, but still that back bar is particularly dominated by large multi-billion dollar companies, you know, and the opportunity you you think about it as if everybody is in that bar marketing at the same time and you're marketing for the attention of the bartender and for the customer. And what are the different opportunities to get that brand in front of the potential consumer? It's hard. It's very competitive. It's expensive. You know, so And obviously it differs depending on whether you're in the whiskey category, whether you're in gin, vodka, whether you're a craft spirit. But it's a very competitive market, and it is an expensive market. And you have to be patient, and you have to be able to to build the brand carefully. You've got to do it yourself. You can't rely on anybody. The distributor is not going to build the brand for you. They may assist a little bit, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to do it, and it's going to be a slow road. So you know, there's a lot of patience. There's a lot of determination. There's going to be a lot of hard work, and it is—it's a hard—it's a hard business. It has just about every challenge that you can imagine a business would have in the spirits
2: business. Just a lot of hustle and sweat, like anything else, right? Hustle and sweat, but you know,
1: you have everything else from you know regulatory and legal considerations. You know, it's a labor-intensive, you know, uh, uh, business. You know, you're not—it's not like an internet-based e-commerce business. You know, you're out there, you've got to go hand sell that product, you've got to sell it into the bars, into the restaurants, into the retail stores, and you got to be there and you've got to work them. And, you know, that's all on the brand side. You know, the wholesale side that we're getting into and visitors experience is a whole host of other challenges. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think a lot of the, you know, a lot of the craft distilleries that are in there, you know, see much of that too. But at the same time, it's also wonderfully rewarding community and it's a very exciting business to be in
2: so we we talked a little bit earlier about steve and i kind of want to just talk talked about steve just for a second hopefully one day we can get him on the podcast and uh you know i guess this is one of the things that uh as as micro places want to start looking at making a a rye or even a white dog or or a bourbon and they're going to say okay well we got to figure out where we're going to go to to do this stuff um, and then immediately maybe Bardstown Bourbon will pop in their head. So I guess Steve might be an attraction to this, right? So tell us about Steve Nally, uh, a little bit more in depth about who he is, the background he brings in, and uh, what he's capable to bring to some of these places that are looking to expand their product lines.
1: Absolutely. Steve is one of the most important components you know, of, you know, of all of this. and He is such a critical member of our team. And I'll tell you, you know, the relationship that we have all developed – you know, with Steve and on our team over the past, you know, more than a year has been a wonderful one. And, you know, what Steve brings is a number of things. You know, he obviously has, you know, tremendous expertise, you know, in, in, you know, producing bourbon and whiskey, you know, and understanding the process. But, you know, from our standpoint, there are a couple of different things. Not only does Steve have 40 years in the business and in production, he also has built the facility. So he built Wyoming Whiskey from the ground up. So we've had, you know, great experience with him and leading, you know, working side by side with Busick on a day-to-day basis to lead the construction team, you know, to build a first-class distillery, you know, that a master distiller would want. So from a design perspective and having him in there, it could not be a better situation. And then when you're talking about large-scale production, that's what Steve has expertise in doing that. That's not easy. You know, it's one thing as a craft distiller making, you know, 100 barrels or less. It's another thing operating, you know, is still like we have and being able to consistently produce high-quality product in large volume, you know, depending whether it's, you know, rye, whether it's bourbon, whether it's whiskey – but that's an expertise that Steve has, and that's not an easy one to come by.
2: That's fantastic. I, I definitely can see that as being a an attractor for a lot of these companies to say we we know who we want to partner with
0: because yeah. of the talent that they can bring to the table. Yeah, it helps take a lot of the guesswork out. He can he already know been through the the ring of fire, and he can help them along.
1: That's right, and and he's also a very creative individual, and
0: you know he's also very excited about
1: making you know lots of different things, and you know which is what. The company and you know and
2: innovation at Bardstown Bourbon
1: Company is you know is a central piece of
2: what we're going to be doing. So Ryan, I guess now we got to figure out what our brand name is if we're going to go with (laughs) Bourbon Pursuit Bourbon and go and uh, makes makes make a few barrels for us or something like that, right? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, guys, you got to come down and see us. Well, we'll definitely do that when uh, when
1: you guys where
0: where are you at exactly in Bardstown?
1: We're right on 1500 Parkway Drive, which. When you come off the blue, the bluegrass parkway to go into Bardstown, yeah. you go right to the left and we are the hundred acres that are sitting right on the right on
0: the parkway. Okay. So pretty close to like the Kentucky Gun Company in that area. You know, there. right right across from them. Right across okay, the parkway. Right. That's a that will be a great location for you all. Yeah.
2: Well, good. So we're reaching the top of the 30 minute mark here, so David, for anybody that wants to get in touch with you or learn more about the Bardstown Bourbon Company, uh, where do they go and and how do they do it? Sure. Uh, Check us
1: out, you know, BardstownBourbon.com. You can, you know, find us on Facebook. Definitely like us on Facebook. And it's Facebook and it's Bardstown Bourbon Company at Twitter or B Town Bourbon. That's B T O W N Bourbon. But come check us out and, you know, we have. Lots of updates that we're posting. If you want to follow the construction, of the facility, best thing to do is go to our Facebook page. We're always posting new updates and pictures. So um, we'd love to connect with you.
2: Well, I hope that we can connect with you again here in about a year when everything's up and running. We can get you and anybody else to kind of give you the, uh, the postmortem of, of the, the trials and tribulations of what it is to, to start a, a big operation like this.
1: Uh, it's, it's my pleasure, and I'll be happy to come on
2: anytime. Well, fantastic! Awesome, thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So, if you like what you hear, make sure you follow us on Facebook. You can also like us. Actually, you should probably like us on Facebook. You can probably follow us on Twitter at Bourbon Pursuit. You can also look at all of our past episodes at BourbonPursuit.com.
0: Yep. Any suggestions? You know, and feedback. Uh, we always want to improve the show, so just let us know, and uh, we'll see you next time.